Hi, I'm Ben Higginson, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. He's simply the best. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. Good evening, good evening, good evening, my friends. And we're also joined today by New York City-based photographer Jason Little. How are you, mate? It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I know, me too. We've been talking about you for literally, like two three months how long have we been going like no nearly six months i can't believe we've actually been talking about you for like (laughs) (laughs) almost six months and we've only just managed to to work this out hey wait i'm I'm happy to be here (laughs) it's not jason's fault by the way like i just hadn't asked him until fairly recently we're like stalkers from across the pond jace stalking you from every 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 yeah i've never had a stalker so Yeah, don't give Paul ideas because <laughs> I'll be outside your house next week. I'm getting a flight. I'm getting a flight. It's <laughs> straight up to Gatwick. I'm on my way, mate. See you guys anyway. Gotta go. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should do like a, a group trip out to New York, see Jason, hang out, take some photos in New York. Hey, I'm here. Come do it. Right, that's it. Well, it's happening. Right, okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, all, that's all we've got time for today. Did, did, did he, didn't he just say we could stay at his house, sir, Dan? That's what I heard, mate. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Free, free bed oh, we'll, and breakfast. We'll work out the prices. <laughs> oh, that, oh, oh yeah, okay. It's going to be like that, is it, Jason? Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. All right. Oh, you're here already charging yeah. us, and we haven't even had a conversation yet. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> terrible, terrible host, mate. Terrible host. <laughs> Right. Speaking of being a terrible host, I think maybe we should <laughs> we should treat Jason a little bit more fairly than that. How's there, how's this year been for you coming out of coming out of the pandemic? What's it like that side of the pond? We, we sort of oh, hear things on the news, but you know who knows what's accurate. I don't know. It's it's as weird as it was before in some ways. You know, I think everybody was sort of optimistic, you know, hopeful. If you look at the situation now. And we're hearing almost every day that numbers are going back up, but right. almost all of the cases are unvaccinated people, you know, so the the vaccination rate has gone down, you know, and it's just kind of like, don't, don't, don't set us back. <laughs> you know, you're kind of looking at people, please don't set us back. Oh, yeah. Um, and New York is okay. You know, we're just looking, sort of looking at the rest of the country, like, you know, what are you guys doing? Because we know that they're going to come here. You know, we, we have a lot of tourists. You know, we know they're going to come here and people are like, you know, please don't, <laughs> don't, stay, don't bring it away. back here. You know, right. So I, you know, it's, it's like you want to be hopeful, but, you know, you, you keep, keep the realism in front of you and say, okay, you know, this, this isn't over. You know, this isn't really over. So let's, let's, let's stay on our guard. Have you, have you noticed a mood change since you switched presidents from Trump to Biden? Has there been like a significant? Uh, yeah, for sure. There's been a mood change. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to put your finger on really because some people, certainly some people acted like, oh, well, you know, everything's fixed now. And then you have the other side of the more realistic side that said, okay, no, we still have a lot to do. You know, the, yeah, the yeah. new president was not, you know, it's, this guy wasn't a cure. You know, he's not going to be a cure, you know, because there are, uh, problems that come along with the new administration. hundred so, percent, like, yeah. It was a very low benchmark to get over. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Just being better than the last guy in this particular right, case, I don't think is that right. That yeah. Good. So you know, you don't want people to. I mean, it's, it's fine to be hopeful, but you know, you know, stay awake. You know, stay vigilant. It's, it's still got stuff to do. For anyone listening that hasn't yet checked out Jason's work, I, I do encourage you to to go and look at it. Like as as you're listening, the thing is with your work is up until the murder of George Floyd, your your work was fairly. I don't mean this derogatory, but it was like traditional street photography, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then from that point forwards, I don't think I've really seen much in the way of sort of traditional street photography. It's, it's almost exclusively now just documenting movements. Yeah, we, you know, I was documenting movements before, just not on a regular basis, you know, because when I first right. started that, like, I would say it was around 2016. There was always something. It was just less of it. You know, uh, there was some climate stuff. And then certainly when, when uh, you know, the election that year in, in 2016, um, some things had really 
uh, popped up around the city, um, you know, political type things. Um, so I had been to those, but nothing like the past 16 months or so. There was that one shot, and I think I spoke about this on one of our very early episodes. It, it was literally a day or two after the, the George Floyd murder. And mm. it was a shot of a guy, and I think he's, I think he's holding like a flower or something. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brains. Apologies if I'm butchering this, but mm. that was like the first image I saw that came out of that movement that 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 properly hit me. That there mm-hmm. was there was a real weight behind that, and I thought mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. It, it it felt like it like encapsulated this fucking terrible thing that had happened right in front mm-hmm. of everyone's eyes. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that work. I feel like it's super important. What was what's mm-hmm. the plan with all this? With all this, stuff? I, <laughs> you're not the first to ask, and I don't have a good answer yet. I have so much. Um, you, you know, if you just look at only what I've posted on Instagram, which is a lot, I have yeah. you know five, ten times that. Sometimes I'll go back through older folders and and just looking for a particular shot. And I'm like, wow, I completely forgot I took that. You know, there's just so much stuff that hasn't been posted. And I, you know, I really have to really take the time to sit and and look through it all and and just sort of really think about what I want to do with it. Are these, I mean, obviously there's the Black Lives Matter movement, which is going to be massively important to a lot of people the the other movements that you capture are these all movements that you that you support because every single one that I see, I, I see like a love and a care in all of those shots. Like they're they're not like this sensationalized, violent riots and stuff like that. They they all look really caring. Mm-hmm. From an outsider's perspective, it looks like you must be in amongst that stuff as a supporter. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. You know, any anything that sort of not directly tied to Black Lives Matter, it was an extension of that movement in a way, right. you know? Um, so if you look at some of the climate work or um, some of the stuff revolving around immigration, mm. um, these, th- these, these things are specifically BLM, but they were sort of an extension of that, you know, they kind of came under this umbrella. And yeah, I, I, these are things that I support you know, wholeheartedly, you know, I know these people and I've known them for, uh, you know, the better part of a year now. And I'm, I'm as much behind what they're fighting for as I am anything else I cover. I mean, I'm going to ask, ask a really philosophical question next and, and it's, it's not an easy one, but we, do we, do we think, I mean, this is to both, both of you, but do we think a photograph can make a difference? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if on a large scale, you know, how much that, you know, how much difference it can make. But I think it just, I think it depends. If I think if you have it in your head that you're trying to change the world, like, you know, uh, you know, as like a superhero, then then no, that's not (laughs) going to work out. Mm -hmm. But I, I sometimes think about the Vietnam War and I think the general public didn't really believe some of the atrocities that were going on. And it took the photographers, you know, they sort of changed the tide about how people perceived what was really happening, you know, that they didn't see on the news all the time. Right. And that was a catalyst for, you know, for a lot of things. And, you know, um, so a photograph can make a difference, even if it's just, even if it's just one person, mm-hmm. you know, they say, oh, I didn't, I didn't know this was happening. You know, I get messages mm-hmm. like this all the time. Well, I didn't, I didn't know it was that way. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know this was going on. So even if it's just new information, if it's more factual information than they may be getting on their their news, um, it it can make a difference in that sense. What do you think, Dan? I think I agree with Jason. I don't know. I I don't reckon one photo unless it's something really special. Like I, I don't think one photo maybe makes a difference, but the weight of all the photos, and and maybe it's not just Jason's photos. Maybe it's you know other photographers photos as well but i think the documenting that stuff and maybe doing it with like slightly different lenses like all of jason's stuff is really humanizing i think the photography does make a difference because you're basically you're illuminating something right what do you reckon, I, I, mm-hmm. I i i'm just gonna just just make us you know an extension of a question to carry on from this so 
if protests are anything like they are in the UK, there's hundreds of, when I go to a protest in the UK, there's usually hundreds of photographers, right? You're, you're one of, you're probably, there's more photographers sometimes than there are protesters when mm-hmm. I go to cer- certain events in London. And I suppose it's, it's, it, it's because you're in such a, I, I feel it's, it's almost like to, to, to do, to be a good protest photographer, you have to give, you have to A, believe in the thing that you're photographing, I think, one. And then two, have a uh, an empathy with the people that you're you're taking pictures of. And I think you do both of those things. So I think, you know, you, you tick those boxes. But I think there is, a, I don't know what it's like in New York, but definitely in London. I, when, whenever I've been to a protest in London, I don't go to them so often anymore, but it always used to be like, I've never seen so many photographers as, at anything other than protest. They were, they were everywhere, you know, it was like, <laughs> You know, you were climbing over each other. It was, it was like, oh my god. Um, and I think yeah, that put me off it. Yeah, that I've I've seen that for sure. I've seen that. The problem with that is some of them are not there for uh, what I will say the right reasons. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's, it it becomes sensationalized when they go back to whatever news organization they work for, and it really takes away from the narrative. You know, so for me, all of this is about controlling the narrative, not controlling it in the way I'm trying to shape it. But, you know, I'm not going to sensationalize it. You know, I'm not going to turn it into something that's not, you know, this is this is not me giving the Fox News version of, you know, what's happening. <laughs> you know, although at the same time, I've been very clear with people. I'm not neutral in this, you know, no, no, no. as a black person, no. I'm not as I'm not neutral. I, I have a side, you know, mm. um, but I, I, you know, I don't want the narrative to be skewed by, you know, sort of um, being sensationalized in the press. You know, I'm not there for um, props. Jason, can, do you do photography as a full-time profession or do you have another job? Other than uh, no, this is, this is what I do, yeah. It's, you do it full-time, yeah? Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you always take the word you that, that comes your way. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that um, something that you did from a young age did you did you get into um like creative <laughs> stuff like early or? Well, yeah, okay. well it's like you know i always if i had a camera like you know i would have some disposable camera or yeah, yeah. I, I didn't take it seriously you know it was just something to do um i would take a picture of something and i was like oh that's cool this is how you look this is how something looks when you photograph it and that's that was I didn't put any more thought into it. Do you remember the first photo that you took that you saw uh, it and you were like, oh shit, like I could do this? I, yeah, you know, I do. And it wasn't really, I guess thinking back, it wasn't really anything special. It was um, of a library. I guess it was the way it was framed or uh, I had framed it in, in between these two trees. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And I took that with a little point and shoot that had really no not much control, you know, it wasn't great depth of field or anything, but I figured, wow, well, the composition there was good. Although I didn't really, wasn't really thinking of it in the strict technical term of composition, but I liked the look of it. And so that was what led me to get my first real, you know, put that in quotes, real camera. It was, I think, some Canon Rebel XS or something, you know. Mate, from, I think that's where we all started, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, and I just felt like creatively I was outgrowing things. Um, I sort of learned the hard way. I taught myself the hard way because I'm the type that never reads the manual for anything, right? So I'm getting the camera and I'm figuring out, okay, this is aperture, this is shutter speed. You know, I'm not understanding, oh, I can shoot in aperture priority or in shutter priority. I, I taught myself completely in manual. Right. Not knowing Why that anything I didn't did. have to do that. Just right. kind of so, fading away for it. Yeah, so I started in manual. I guess, you know, I didn't really have to, but I did because... Didn't read the manual. Was so, there anybody so, that just sort of talked you through it? Did anybody see what you were doing and go like, no, oh, by the way, if you try this, this will I, happen? Not a, not a single person. Have you, ever, have you ever had that? All oh, right, okay, so you have books eventually. Yeah, I read books, uh, eventually watched videos, a few, you know, but this was just something that I took on and I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I just have fun doing it. So what you know? year are we talking, Jason? Like, when, when was that? Like, How old were you? 2008, something like that. Okay. I think just because I was on my own, I just, um, I don't know if it would have been faster or slower if I had had somebody around. I kind of feel like it was faster because I was on my own, you know, um, I tend to learn better on my own. And so that was just 
I guess it almost doesn't matter, right? Like the, the, the fact is, is that you stuck with it and that you enjoyed it and you kept going. And maybe if there had been someone else looking over your shoulder, you, maybe you might not have been so interested. Yeah, that is, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, books, books were my main teachers. And I looked, I used to look at photos and, uh, from, you know, way before my time, you know, from fifties and the sixties. And I just like, I, I want to do something like that. And I just had to figure it out. Did you have any like really strong early influences? Yeah. Um, even, well, even to this day, one of my favorites is Elliot Arwit. You know, I just think the way he shot New York had a, you know, it was so humanizing and it had, he had a sense of humor to his work. And then Gordon Parks, you know, was all, also a big influence. Bloody love Gordon Parks. I, yeah. I, literally, I, I can never decide between him and Soul Lighter. Uh-huh. They're both New York guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so big, for sure, big influences there. And um, you know, you look at this, you look at the stuff, and you're just always amazed by it. You're not, you don't want to copy it, but you want to, you want to sort of do something that slightly reaches, <laughs> you know, uh, what they were able to do. Don't get me wrong, Elliot Erwitt's got some like really, really strong stuff, and I can kind of now you've mentioned it, I can kind of see bits of the way you frame things there, mm-hmm. but I don't think. Oh, it ever really had the power, like the the emotional gravity behind his shots mm-hmm. that that Parks did, and and like mm-hmm. true, yeah, I, true. I I can kind of I can I can sort of see how you've sort of blended those influences and probably mm-hmm. a ton of others. Like mm-hmm. that, I, I don't know. I find that really interesting. Every time we talk to people and we we find out sort of where their ideas come from, you sort of see their work in a slightly different way. Yeah, I, well, I'm I'm not consciously you know going out sort of trying to mimic you know anything that they're doing um no no but yeah they are they're you know they're they're certainly um when i look at that work it's you know it's uh it's like i i have the same thing right the works in your vocabulary it's not so much mm-hmm. that you're copying it right 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 elliot uber did um a foul not lost i think it's called and it's have you seen that um jason and it's basically yes. i think it, it uh, that's got loads of emotion in it when I was thinking about it. I was going to say to you, how can you say he doesn't get emotion like Gordon Parks? If you look at that book, it's like incredible the way that he captures those portraits in that. Oh, I don't have that book. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, Dan. It's, it's, it's like, I think they were lost photographs and they were found maybe, weren't they? Or something like that. There was a, a story where they got lost and then it was a load of these like, these amazing portraits that just like, they're like... Oh, they, was this they, recently? Equally... I think I remember reading something about this. Was that a fairly yeah. recent publication? I think it was. I think it was in the last year anyway, definitely. I think. I think. Or I maybe it got re like republished, maybe. But it's great. It's yeah, it's great. And the portraits in it are, are I would say equally alongside or uh, equally as good as some of Parks' work. I mean Parks is a genius. I like, I I read his um aperture book he wrote recently, like in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. But really good. Just and it makes sense all of the things that he talks about. And I suppose you find those out for yourself, don't you, as you as you begin your sort of photographic career, you make all the mistakes and you you kind of clumsily walk around with a camera wondering why are you shooting stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the, the, the mistakes are important. Yeah, you know, yeah. To me, um, I thought, you, you know, you, you do something a million times and that's how you figure out how, how you want your work to look. You know, you've, you've got to fail, you know, before you figure it out. Um, so, yeah, that, the mistakes are important. Me and Daniel say all the time, don't we, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I make a lot of mistakes, so I feel like I must be learning something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, you've got, um, you're one of the only guys I know that properly runs two Instagram accounts successfully, and you split your digital and your film stuff right straight down the middle, right? Yeah. They, they don't meet. They, no, what, they don't. Do you still view them as two completely separate pieces of work? Yeah. I do. Um, and this isn't like, you know, I'm not like, uh, you know, this isn't, I'm not dogmatic about it. It's just, you know, when I first started digital, obviously, I, you know, my first camera was a digital camera. Um, you know, but like I said a minute ago, I would look back at these old photos and they had a particular look, you know, that I wasn't getting from digital. And that was what sort of inspired me to try film. I tried it. It was terrible, but not so terrible that I didn't want to try it again. And so I kept doing it, got better and better. Eventually I'm developing my own stuff. And I guess when I sat around and thought about it, I treat them 
differently, you know, in the way, I guess as not, not even just as an end product, but in, even in the process of shooting, I treat them a little differently because with film, there's so many limitations, you know, and yeah. you can't afford to be wasteful, <laughs> you know, so got to make as much as possible, make every shot count. And it doesn't, yeah, I'm, I don't have a hundred percent hit rate, you know, but when I have a roll of film and I have 36 shots on it, I'm sort of in a different mind state than when I'm out with the, you know, with my Fuji film camera or whatever. There's a greater responsibility, you know, because I put the film in, I shoot it, I develop it the whole night. So if it goes wrong, it's my fault. If it comes out great, I take all the credit, you know? (laughs) Um, So there's that. It's just, just something different for me. Is there, is there a greater emotional attachment to the film stuff as opposed to the digital? Yeah, it's greater. Yes, yeah, yeah. because of the amount of time and, and care that I put into it. Yeah, it's greater. Plus knowing that not everybody does it that way. You know, um, I, you know film shooters are a, you know, a minority in, 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 the, in the digital age. So, yeah, all of those things factor in. And yes, there's a, a greater emotional attachment to the film work. Do you believe that they... Yeah, you're both wrong. <laughs> no, I, I know my views, my views are like well out there. I just... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to... I'm throwing stones in the glass house because I still shoot quite a lot of film. I don't know. I feel like if you was to show... In fact, right, let me ask you the question, Jason. Because <laughs> I've teed this up overnight, Dad. You, you've done me up like a kipper, mate. <laughs> Do you think people can see a difference between film photography and digital photography? I, I'm not saying about the process because I'm 100% there with you, right, for the process. Mm. That's why I love film. Like, it forces you to slow down because there's a cost mm-hmm. to every frame. It makes you more intentional. The shots kind of look like the way you compose stuff is slightly different because you've mm-hmm. taken that much time to compose it, right? But, right? but do you believe there's a difference like in the look of digital and film photographs? You mean just aesthetically? Um, y- yeah. Do, do I, you I, think, do you think a layman would be able to tell? Like if we was to give them a shot from, I, a layman, from your Fuji film camera and one from, from whatever you're shooting for your film? I don't know. I would say probably not simply because they're not, they're just looking at a photo, you know, they're not looking for any, they're not looking at any sort of technical attributes, you know, they may see more grain in the other and then not even it may not even register with them. I I don't really know how to answer that question because <laughs> I can't look at it from I, I you know it's hard for you me to look at it, it from yeah from from the perspective of somebody who doesn't know what's going on. In your face, Bents, I'm taking that as a win. Jason, we've had this. Me and Daniel have had this back and forth conversation for a long time about it's on air, it's off air, it's it's yeah, like I've with always, every I've, guest we have. I've always felt, um, and my, kind of my analogy is like it's like vinyl and uh, streaming, right? Vinyl records have a kind of a, a rawness, a crackly noise, yes, kind of yes. this, this, this. There's something that you can't you can't recreate. Basically, it's, it's something. Yeah, that it's not. Happens. It's not on a CD or an MP3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what that is. Kind of the, the kind of the mistake that happens with light leaks and all of the different things that happen with film that that that, that you can reproduce in digital, but but you know it's reproduced in digital is what I I always think anyway. Like you can you can get close and and I imagine mm-hmm. the layman if you if you put it out on you printed a load of work out and you put it out on the table. I don't not sure anybody would be able to tell the difference. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe a real pro like yourself, Jace. But um, I, I think I'd probably struggle. Me and Dan want to do this blind test one day where we're going to do it and we'll, we'll see if, if I can tell the difference. Yeah, that, that I, would I, be good. But the thing is, you I, know. You, that's, yeah. that's, that's, you know that <laughs> yeah. you've done it on one or the other. I think that's the difference. Yes, yeah, you're right. You, it's the intention, isn't it? It's the intention. Yeah. I can't wait to do this test. I, we, need to, <laughs> we need to pull, pull this out of the bag at some point soon. I'm just going to go out and shoot a ton of film and then just show you all the photos in one go. Because I honestly don't think, Paul, but if if you don't know what I've shot it on, I don't think even you will be able to tell. Maybe, maybe if I blow it up and it's like 30 by 20 inches, maybe, maybe you'll be able to look at the grain structure and go, that's fake or not. Maybe. But 
I think even, even if there is grain, because uh, yeah. with, with a, a, a digital photo is just too clean, you know, as it's, low yeah. as... I, I add grain to my digital stuff. Okay. So I, I, I'm sure it doesn't look the same. In fact, I, I yeah, know it doesn't look yeah, the same, but I've, versus, I've, I've looked close. Yeah, grain versus digital noise is not the same. No, no, it's not. Of course it's not. But I, I still don't think, like, even if you print it, I don't, I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference. Do you enlarge stuff as well, Jason? Or do you yeah, not? I do. Yeah, I, I print. I should do it more. But yeah, I love, I love to print. You do? Yes. Do you print color or just black and white? Uh, both. You do both? Yeah. How do you find that? Um, gratify. You know, it's always, it's always amazing to see. It, it, it just, your, your work looks different when it's, I mean, even 8 by 10 you know, which is not huge, but it just, it just looks and feels different. I think you appreciate it more. Um, and you sort of, there's a story there. You think back over the whole process and it doesn't matter, matter whether it's film or digital in that sense. You know, when I look at it blown up, it's, um, you know, it's just a memory about, oh, I, I think back about the day I took that shot or, mm. you know, whatever. So I just like the story that's connected to it and seeing it at a, you know, at some some place off of my screen. Okay, so your dark room over Lightroom, then, right? Well, I'm, I'm mostly Lightroom, you know, because it's easy. I have access to it all the time. Um, and in those cases, when I do print, I just send it off to you know my printer, and then it'll come back how I want it. But yeah, I mean, the dark room is um, it's unique. You know, it's his own experience. I've just ordered it in larger and. I've recently heard that, you know, that like editorial look that they get on the film and you always get your scans back and they never quite look as good as they mm-hmm. do in like when you see them in Vogue and stuff. And you think, like, what are they doing? What's the magic? What's the special source? Because I know they're using the same cameras and the same film stock. And apparently the special source is they get some wise guy that knows his shit to enlarge the print and then they just drum scan the enlarged print. Did you know no. I did not know that. That that is why it looks the way it does because what you're looking at isn't isn't a scan of a negative. It's a scan of an enlarged print. print. Okay, wow. So now you know, Jason. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> you, next time you're in the dark room, you can just about, okay. Maybe I don't send the negative off to the drum scan. I <laughs> went on this big corporate thing. Like I just send the enlarged version over. Yeah, that that is. That's, hey, thanks for that information. I'm gonna one day hopefully put that to use. I, I hope to. I hope to. Once my enlarger turns up, I'm, I'm going to yeah. give this a go. I'm terrified, though. I've never printed color. When I was back at school, I used to print uh, black and white. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I started. Yeah, I, I, I remember this just like so magic. Dropping drop a blank piece of paper into some developer, and then within sort of 10, mm-hmm. 15, 20 seconds, mm-hmm. this shit picture that you'd taken, because I, <laughs> I was in sixth form, would just so magically appear on the page. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There was something like, um, oh, what's that? What's that movie? Harry Potter, right? You know where they have like mm-hmm. the 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 images that move. There's something like a little bit magic about it. Like yeah, the way it yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a word I use a lot. Just with even just the, the developing process. You know, I don't even have to get to the to the enlargement stage. There's just the magic to it that I like. So, Can you imagine the first time they did that, like you know, and all of a sudden this this image starts appearing and they're good. Fuck. This, 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 this an image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the the amazement, like, yeah. I just, how did they even refine that process? Like, it must have taken more skilled people than me, to be honest. Do you know the history of it, Dan? You could know, give me some history, a history lesson. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the history of um, I don't know what the history of that is. But it's going to be some smart. Uh, oh yeah like some yeah. scientist i think it was it's like silver right mm-hmm. silver something silver crystals and then they're mm-hmm. like photoreactive i think it's the similar process right so the the negative and the positive i think they work in similar ways i think it's just like the like the emulsion or the paper or whatever that they bind it to i think that's what makes yeah. the difference pull you back i might be back does that sound ah, yeah better? that's much better i can hear you now yeah i can hear you Ah, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, I Sorry. I sort of half-assed answer your question there, Paul. I, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know the How long have you been a photographer, Jason? Do you mind me asking? Um, I have to think about this. 15 years? Okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just, just, just 
on the whole, from from start from when I first picked up a uh, a, a semi <laughs> legit camera uh, to now, I, I I guess about fifteen years. And how competitive is the marketplace in New York? Is it anything like London, where it's a bit crazy? Like, is it ultra competitive? I imagine. I, I think in general, yes. The pandemic yeah. sort of changed things. You know, as far as that goes, I think we're getting back to you know back to that once with things opening up a little bit we'll get back to that but um i mean personally i'm not a particularly competitive person i just you know i do what i know how to do you know um people will know me um for what i'm good at and you know i'm not trying to step onto anybody else's lane you know so i just you, you, like, I shoot you the play way to I your shoot. strengths right yes i think that's similar to that to sort of Paul and a lot of the London guys, you sort of just, I think, Paul, I think we've just lost you again. Say something. Hello? Oh, yeah. Okay, you are there. You just didn't say. <laughs> it looked like you'd moved your mouth and like, we can hear you again. Sorry, man. I thought we'd lost you. Sorry, I was derailing us. Did you do much creative stuff as a kid, Jason? Were you like, were you like a creative kid? Were you into art or anything? Yeah, I, you know, always... I mean, a lot of ways, I just, I've always sort of lived in my own world, you know? Um, and as a kid, when it wasn't a requirement for kids to, you know, be in kindergarten or whatever, you know, I was, you know, somebody always had me doing some creative thing, you know, where, you know, from reading to, you know, painting stuff, making crafts out of, you know, random things, you know, egg cartons or, you know, painting rocks or whatever. It's just, you know, just silly little stuff that kids yeah, do. That, so, that yeah, was just last had... week, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, You've been doing those rocks again, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I've, I've always been able to entertain myself pretty easily. Um, so I, I, I am perfectly comfortable um, seeing the world however I see it, you know. Is is that sort of stuff encouraged over over the other side of the pond? Because here in the UK, right, if if you go to well, I don't think so much now, but you know, me and Paul when we were at school, being being creative wasn't really encouraged unless you were you know absolutely minted. Mm-hmm. What, what's that like over there? Yeah, I think it is. I think generally, on, on the whole, I would say yeah, um, artistry and and creativity are things that are encouraged here. You know, of course, there's always a certain segment of the population that wants you to do things very, you know, very straight, very by the book, you know, buttoned up and, you know, uh, you know, sit at a cubicle, you know, that's, this is success. And, uh, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I think we do at least have the intention of encouraging creativity. Um, schools don't always do a great job of it, but I don't think that's, it's not always a hindrance you know it would be great if if that were the case you know that you know when you go for formal education they did put a little bit of a greater emphasis on that but so many people have found ways to be creative outside of that um and so i you know i think that's a good thing it strikes me as in in the u.s everything seems a little bit more like um there's this big idea of the American dream and stuff. You know, there is no British dream. The British dream mm. is just like <laughs> going to Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the British nightmare, right? <laughs> like we're, in Britain, like we can't be happy for ourselves or for anyone else. Mm. We're, we're quite a miserable bunch. <laughs> like <laughs> yourself. <laughs> we, we don't do enthusiasm at all. Like we can't be enthusiastic about anything we've done or anything anybody else has done you can be happy for someone right you'd be like oh i'm really happy for you man that was you know it was a good job you did there but that's about it right yeah there's no like proper (laughs) there's no proper excitement i'm I'm imagining in the u.s like if if you turn around and say okay i'm going to make a go of this i'm going to be a photographer i'm going to be my own man i'm going to i'm going to be self-employed i guess that's probably a little bit more encouraged right yeah i and you know especially for people who come to someplace like new york you you know people come here for that specific reason they come here to be whatever version of themselves they want to be you know however they see themselves and whether they make it or not is one thing but this is the place to do it you know if you're gonna give it a go this is this is the place did you grow up in new york jason no um where did you grow up 
Oh, well, yeah. Different places, you know, part of military family. Right. So, okay. Different countries or just over the U.S.? Oh, no, just, just, it's around the U.S. Um, so it was Texas when I first picked up a camera and that's where I met my wife. And so we're, you know, we've been here five years now. So yeah, you've, you've so, been yeah, you know, this for is, a while. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, you, you sort of find your, and not, not everybody does it, but once, if you find your, your, your niche, you know, you find your place, you get, you get in your groove, um, you know, it works, you know? Um, so I just always encourage people, whatever, whatever it is you have in your head, whatever it is you want to see yourself doing, just, you know, go for it, you know, um, give it a shot. The move from, um, from like Texas to New York and anywhere else that you went, did you find what you were looking for sort of changed? No, not, well, I, it's hard to answer. I, I think the best I could say is I'm most comfortable and most self-fulfilled here. It's because the environment, the culture, all those things sort of fit who I already am, you know, in other places. I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't get that, you know, so it's always like, oh, you know, you find a way to blend in or not to blend in, but, you know, um, just to make it work. But, you know, there's always a part of you that's sort of not fully fulfilled, you know. And I think I'm just, you know, finally getting to that point. Like a truer version of, of what, yes. you were, what you were doing yeah. before. How about yeah. you, Paul? Because you moved from, um, Jason, I, I don't know if, if you know the UK very well, right? But the UK is actually fairly small, but very, very different depending on where you're going. So Paul's from a part of the UK called Wales. And okay. Paul is one of about six people that lived in Wales. So there's only <laughs> five people over there now. <laughs> <laughs> four actually because Dave's dog left as well oh okay are you counting the dog in the population <laughs> yeah yeah like was that the same for you Paul like when when you because you came from you know the valleys and and now you're a city boy <laughs> like <laughs> you, um, you were shooting before right so did how uh, much did life change when you moved from Wales yeah. to Wales well when I I, I I first picked up a camera in Wales and, and I'd it was amazing because where I live is like, it's on the coast. It's, it's beautiful. It's quite a rugged coastline. Um, Everything in Wales is I, rugged, right? The but people, never, the coast. <laughs> you know, but you, you grew up as a kid and it's on your doorstep and you just take it for granted. You just think it exists and it's like, wow. You don't think it's like this most beautiful, stunning place. And then as you grow up, I, I, um, I moved to Bristol for a couple of years and then, you know, you used to come back and see friends and every every so often. And when I it was only when I went away and came back to it did I begin to realise a how lucky I was to grow up there. I suppose in the first place, but then how beautiful it was and how yeah how and ever since I've lived in London, I've been in London nearly I don't know eighteen nineteen years I think. Um, and I miss the sea, man. I miss the sea so much. Being by the sea, it was just one of those places where you could like. You had a shit day, or you had an argument with your mum, or something had gone wrong. You just go and sit on the coast, just watch the waves break, and everything would be all right again. And I, 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 I think um, my photography. I think it does change when you come to a city, obviously, because it's your, your, your when you're when you're living in the country or by the sea, everything is a landscape picture, I suppose, in some ways to begin with when you start out. And you, you know, you, you do what everybody does. You take photos of everything, like mm-hmm. dog, your cat, flowers. Uh, um, the thing is, with Wales, right? It doesn't matter which way you look; ev- everything looks like a postcard. Well, not everywhere. Well, if if you're in one of the little towns, maybe <laughs> not so much. <laughs> so, yeah. Some places are real shit-o. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say that for anywhere, uh, Jason. I, uh, can I ask you a, a real? I don't. How do you feel, a, a, an American, about guns out there at the moment? Is it kind of like do you feel safe in New York? Or I, I kind of always get the impression from the press over you that everybody in America owns a gun. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. There's okay. I, uh, kind of two answers. Um, I don't always trust what the media puts out. You know, I think there's there there are misconceptions about what it's like in New York. New York's fine. You know. Um, considering the size of the city, um, you know, just, you know, population wise, we are, 
Yeah, of course, problems. But is it to the degree that sometimes is portrayed? Absolutely not. Not even close. In general, yes, America is, for whatever reason, a gun-crazy country. It's mind-blowing sometimes. I, I just, I, it's, it is one of those things I just, I just can't wrap my brain around. Um, and certainly when you look at southern, you know, states in the, in the southern part of the United States, um, where, <laughs> you know, everybody owns a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, but that, and the thing is, that's not the case in New York. You know, like we look at that, like, why, why does everybody have a gun? You know, at the same time, those are not the people that that come up in the news when you hear about gun violence. You know, so I, it's 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 just this weird. As obsession. a black man, would you would you feel safe to go to those southern states these days and 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 not worry? Uh, I, about it? <laughs> so as you know, really no, and especially when you look at Texas, and you know, they just passed this new law that allows everybody. To own a gun, you know, it's mad, isn't it? It's, it's, mad. it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. I don't. It's not. It's not an environment that I would trust or feel safe in. Honestly, wait, wait. You know? So everybody can own a gun? Yeah, I mean, well, I yeah. think what what the age limit is eighteen, but yeah, I wait, mean, there's so, no so uh, you've got to do license, is exist license on the planet anymore. If... Yeah, pretty much. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. You can, uh, uh, Jace, I, I know you said you came from a military family, so I suppose it's like. I mean, how, how how were your family around weapons? I mean, is that too personal a question? I don't know. I no, just, it's not because it was never it was never a thing. Like it was. It's not like I grew up with uh, <laughs> guns everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not not. <laughs> no, that's the thing. No, like it was just not a thing. You know, it's just, but you look at you know everything around you, and it's like wow, everybody's got a gun. But yeah, so. It was, it's, it's just weird. As, that's all I can say. I don't fully understand it. I don't understand the compulsion. Everybody wants to, everybody feels like this, their Second Amendment right is the first, is, is the most important right that they have. And it just, it, it just makes no sense. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Like walking around on the streets in New York, taking photos. Have you ever had any, nothing, any, any problems? <laughs> the, the, the worst that I've had is, uh, I, uh, I think I was down near, Wall Street one one day. And this is this was a few years ago, and uh, right. I took a shot of a guy. I think he was. He seemed like he was just getting off of work, and he was coming out of a building. And he he noticed that I took his shot, and he kind of gave me a look. And I thought he was going to say something, so I waited, and then he did say something, and he kind of said, "Well, hold on, let me fix my tie." <laughs> and so he fixed he, he fixed the tie, and I took the you know, and that and that was it. I it's I, I haven't had. <laughs> You know these sort of run-ins that people have. You know, wow. about people getting in fights or whatever. But you know, as you Brits, know, that's what we hear, right? Somebody, as, as Brits, that's yeah. what we hear about New York is that because the British are quite reserved, and often mm. if someone thinks they've taken your photo, they they probably won't say anything, but they will look at you like they'll give you that kind of fuck <laughs> off. That, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you, know, I'm, you get the look every now and then, but it's it's not even close to what I think the perception is. You know, people are so used to cameras here, um, and, and so many street photographers have come and gone, you know, through here. So I, I think there's just sort of a uh, sense that oh, it's, it's just just part of it, it's part of what happens on a daily basis. So do, it's, you, do you think like the random citizens, like the non photographers, do you think they they have an appreciation of the art? Do they do they know that there's this like big culture of street photography and there's this all yeah, this history? I, seem, I, I, I think in general there's there is uh, an understanding, you know, that people people from here, even when they when they're not photographers, they they're aware of um, the significance of what a camera might mean, you know, when they just see some random person on the street, you know, and it, of course it could be just some random person and they're terrible, but it could also be, you know, somebody who goes home that day and, and, and they made an incredible photo. Um, so I think most people do have that awareness of, of what's possible. That's really interesting. I don't think we have that in the UK. Like people are getting more and more cagey. Um, mm -hmm. I've not actually, I don't know if I've really publicly shared this, but I've not really been out um, shooting in public 
uh, not in a big city at least. For have you been doing sim- it? Have you been doing it privately, Dan, in, in like your bathroom? <laughs> doing all this, oh, there's a, oh, yeah, there's yeah. In the mirror, <laughs> yeah, there's those, in the mirror. Oh, it's me. <laughs> those photo, those photos are only for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've not. I've not been out. Um, I've not been out doing any like street photography for probably since the beginning of the pandemic, right? I've, I think I've been up maybe once or twice. I, I can't keep track now. And the last time I went up, I felt really, really uninspired. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm like over it. I, I, I'm desperate to sort of try and get back on the horse and, and, and see if it's, it was just... I, I, do you know the point you made to me about going away from it to come back to it? I think there's something about that, that if you have a little break, yeah. if, you, if you break from it and do something else for a while, even if it's a completely different style of photography or pick up a violin or a guitar or just something else, then when you come back to the street, it's almost like it's a new again. And it's, it's, you, 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 hopefully your eye is developed and you, you kind, I kind of think it's good to, to, to go away and, and do something else and come back to it. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree, yeah. Because you do, you do go through phases, right? You do. I think I, I, for me anyway, I get. I, sometimes I do get bored with it, and I need to realize actually, okay, come away, have a look. Yeah, at some the, shit yeah, you, yeah. Those phases you know, for sure. I don't. I don't know. For me, it's not so much boredom, but like when I feel like I'm not inspired, I'm. I'm feeling like okay, this is not. This just isn't working. And and there's a string of days that just aren't working, and uh, so I do. I'll just say, okay, I'm going to do something else. And, you know, um, you can't force it. You know, you sort of have to wait for that to come back. And um, when it does come back, it's, it's it's great. So, what is it you're looking for? Like you said, you're waiting for it to come back. What what is it when you go out yeah, and I, you're shooting? What, what you- <laughs> I I have no idea. I mean, you know, I you just show up somewhere, and this was for street photography. You just show up and you look. You know, you just have to look. And you know it when you see it, you know, that I, I don't have a good answer for that. You just know it when you see it. I think what I see when I, I look at your work and it's both the film and the digital is I see like a, a caring, like you see people that are impassioned by a subject, particularly recently with mm-hmm. some of the movements you've been shooting. But the thing I get overwhelmingly for all of it is that I feel like there's a real love. People aren't going through those motions out of anger, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little, but like, it, it looks like a loving thing. I, I don't know. Is that something you're intentionally? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's personal in a sense that I've known these people for a long time now. We've been through a lot together, uh, you know, um, going through these uh, actions. You know, um, when you get to know people, it becomes personal. Um, but for sure, there's there's both love and anger there. You know, everybody's ang- angry about the situation, about what's been going on. But there's love for movement and for the people that you get to know you know people are very protective of each other you know everybody cares about everybody and yeah you know that's so it's so in that sense it's easy to photograph those moments um you can sort of anticipate what's going to happen in some in some cases have you ever been tempted to to sort of take it to the next step and like go home with these people and and sort of shoot them in different surroundings Behind, behind the scenes um not really is that on the cards at all? Do you reckon? I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I'm trying to put a little ear, earworm in there, Jason. To be honest, I, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. love to see. Um, I'd love to see your take on. Yeah, and I would really have to think about. You know, I mean, because I, I, there are a lot of fascinating characters out here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, there's definitely something um, that I would consider. You know, I, you know, this whole time my focus has just been, you know, on what's happening. You know, in these particular moments about the response to whatever um the protest may be at that given time um but yeah you know these this these movements are made up of people you know human beings who I, i've said it myself you know we we have to go home after these things are done yeah you know and um you know there, there's a story there too for sure i'd be i mean I'm just being really, really candid here. I'd, I'd be so interested to see your version of, of what that looks like because mm. Paul said earlier, there's a lot of people that turn up to the protests and it must be a real challenge to make sure your shots don't look the same as yes. the other hundred <laughs> photographers. Yeah, there. I've had that conversation a hundred times, yeah. 
Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. But, you, know, you know, that's a really interesting angle, though. I, I think you hit upon that. Wouldn't, it would be interesting to see the protesters protesting and then the protesters at home in their living room and then sort of juxtapose those two scenarios alongside each other. Right. Making the signs, maybe, and like... Yeah, or, yeah. Or just like chilling out, you know? What's it just, like when they just, go home to like, the kids and... Yeah, it was, what's normal life as composed to protesting life? Mm-hmm. What is... And how do those two live alongside each other? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go, Jason. You've got a mission. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time we speak, Jace, all right? Yeah, hey, I will get to work on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. You keep us up to date. You keep us up to date. But, you know, it, you know, I suppose it hits on something, Jace, is that those relationships that you've built over time, right? Nobody else has access to those people like you have access to. Mm-hmm. And I suppose sometimes it... You know, and shoot me down if you think I'm wrong, but I think sometimes it's not exploit is the wrong word, but maximize maybe is a better word. It, those relationships and I'm going to call you out, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's maximize. I think I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to sharpen your language for you. I don't well, think you're exploiting or maximizing. I think what you're doing is honoring those people. Like those people have yeah, a view, yeah. and those people have these these topics that they're really in, right. And I've, I think. By telling their whole story, you're honouring that person, and also, and also, you're you're deepening that picture, right? You're adding more layers to the onion, almost. And so, the more layers you add, the more interesting it becomes. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I've, yeah, I, I, I reckon. But you've got to be in it, like Jason is, to be able to do it. Like I couldn't go and do that. I don't know the people, right? Yeah, I, you know, the the trust factor. You know, I think that's what makes all the difference, right? You know, they, because they know your intentions. Of, Yes, they know me, and and because of, you know, when some when the movement has been going on this long, there's there's always sort of this problem of um, being misrepresented by photographers who don't have good intentions. You know, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I've seen it happen, and um, so that puts people on guard. Um, so you have to, you know, you you do have to know these people and. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to be close with a lot of people. You know, um, like I said, we've, we've we've been through a lot together, and you know, it's. But you clearly give a fuck, I think, and and, yeah. and that's and that they 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 must know that. I mean, I can yeah. tell that as as some yeah, me too as some like idiot middle class white dude the other side of the fucking <laughs> pond. Like I and I can see it, so I'm sure as hell that they can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, it just you know, there was a closeness there and it's, it's been ongoing. And, um, you know, if, it, if, if I went 15 years without seeing some of these people and then we bumped into each other one day that that connection would still be there. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a serious investment that, you know, you've, that you've put in with, with all these people, not like an investment as in like, you know, it's a chore, but. Right. But you know, you've... right. No, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, um, and, and just, just the relationships that I have with these people, that's, right, that's, right. That that's the payoff, you know, because it's 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 permanent. That's a beautiful place, I think, to start to wrap up and maybe move into some shout outs. That, that, I just oh, I, I wanna go out and and cover some important pool. Like why can't I do some important work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan. Jason, do you need a little time to 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 work out a shout out or or do you wanna jump in first? Um yeah, I, I have one. You have one? Yeah. So it's um it's a photographer. Uh, he's I think still in Austin, Texas. Uh, his name is Ed Borowski. Um, he's done a lot of really interesting work over. I mean, just a, a wide variety of work. And I got to know him actually on Instagram. And um, you know, he had lived in New York at one time, and we were just sort of exchanging stories. And we finally got to meet. You know, he's interviewed me on his YouTube channel. He's got a great YouTube channel where he does a lot of tutorials. And he's just—I like his style. I like him as a person. He's down to earth. He makes tutorials. He makes—I I always say—he demystifies all the all the things that new photographers just can't wrap their heads around. He just makes it easy. Like to, the, the the stuff that you have to work out for yourself. Yeah, like like yeah, like lighting, for example. You know, that's that's difficult for a lot of people. But he 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 just has a way of showing you how to do something, and you say, "Oh, I got it." You know, like you know, you may not get it right the first time, but he's he 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 puts you on a path to 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 
to get to that point where you say, oh, I figured out. And, you know, you, you got to owe that all to him. He's, I think he's a great teacher. He's a great photographer. And, um, you know, uh, I, I like his work. I, you know, I like him as a person. And um, I appreciate the exposure that he's given me, you know, by interviewing me, having me on his YouTube channel and, and things like that. So uh, I want to say shout out to Ed Barosky. That's really cool. What's his YouTube channel as well? Uh, it's Do you know Ed Barosky. Yeah, it's just his name. Ed, yeah? Yeah, uh, E-D, yeah. V-E-R-O-S-K-Y. Okay, I'm definitely going to check out this guy's uh, YouTube and, and have a proper pour through his gallery. That's really cool. How about you, Paul? Oh, I've got a little bit of a tune this week. It's less. It's been, it's been kicking around in my uh, playlist all week. So I thought I'd give it a mention because it's, it's by um, <laughs> a band called Wet Leg, Wet Leg, and the song is called Shays Long. Shays Long. Down? Yes, yes. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. There's a great line in it. And it, 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 I can't remember it exactly, but it goes along these lines of... <laughs> wait, wait, you're um, going to do a rendition of a song? I can't wait to hear this. Would you butter my muffin? I want somebody to butter my muffin. It's along those lines. I like buttering muffins. Anyway. It, it sounds it's What kind of music great, are we talking? It, like, what is it? It's a, it is a little bit punky, actually, Dan. Is it's it? a little bit edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was, I heard it was in the car. I was listening to a bit of Radio 6, darling. And um, yes, it, it came on, and I thought, "Ooh, I like that." And I know a man who may like it. Oh, I'm it may check. be a bit too pop. It may be slightly too poppy for you, maybe, maybe. But I think you will like it. I don't but know. After, this- after today, like me and Paul were were sort of messaging backwards and forwards a little bit earlier, and I was sort of reminiscing a little bit about my old band days, and I actually managed to dig out a couple of our old songs, and I found some of our old artwork and some old photos. I had a proper little, you know, like a reminiscing. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to release these songs? <sighs> yeah, well, they were released back in the day and then they didn't stay. Oh, well, nah, it's time for a re-release. <laughs> oh, James. Yes, well, yes, yes. You know, well, well, it's still I mean, bonus material. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> I, don't, I don't own the rights to it, which is, uh, uh, but I'm not completely heartbroken that there's a good excuse not to share it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will send you to a link to to a song uh okay. you guys can check it out but I'm, unfortunately i can't really send it out publicly the, the rest of the guys we don't really talk so it, it would be it'd be really tough to to try and work out the rights and stuff there's like six guys in the band but yeah we were terrible like that's basically what i took for it <laughs> <laughs> like, just this old rubbish 2010 like pop punk band it was it was really bad it was really, really bad. I don't know what we were thinking. But anyway, sorry, you've just got me onto memory lane there, Paul, talking about your songs. Uh, my... Sorry, I was getting the violin out to you, telling us your sad story. Cheers, pal. Like, kick me while I'm down, why don't you? Git. Uh, my pick this week is um, Acacia Rabbit. I'm probably messing up her name. Um, Acacia? Acacia? I'm I'm really sorry if if you're listening and you can hear me messing up your name please forgive me I'm an idiot dyslexic guy and I I struggle even with simple names so I'm very very sorry but her book Death Magic Abundance is ridiculously good it's kind of split into a few different sections and she's documented the lives of Rabbits. This this was the book that I sent you, Paul. Do you remember the other the other week? Oh my god, it's amazing! Yeah, it is amazing. The pictures you sent. Yeah, yeah. With um, so so there was uh, a a group of all women bikers. All women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, What they called they were called like caramel curves or something. They look ridiculously amazing. Like they just look like these strong, independent women. Just that, everything in this book is insane. And then there were these um, these guys on horses. But this is all in like New Orleans or something, I think. So it's in these kind of built-up suburban areas. And they have horses. But they right? have horses. And they yeah. just look totally badass. It's ridiculous. It's actually stuck with me. It was going to be my shout-out in last week's... Dan, wasn't it, wasn't it like the horses were going to be killed and then the guys looked after the horses and they saved them and they fed them. Is that, is that the story or am I mixing up stories? I read something about it on The Guardian and maybe it was that as well. Or maybe it was you and I, I forgot. 
I've got to admit, because of my dyslexia, I don't tend to read the things. I just look at the pictures. So you you are probably right, Paul. Maybe that is the thing. Um, I didn't tell you that because I definitely haven't read the the stuff. I I should really read the stuff because it will sort of add context to to some of the shots. But I just, this book has made a massive impression on me and like it was going to be my shout out last week. And then before this week, I thought, oh, maybe there'll be another shout out and maybe I'll come back to this some other time. And then I just had another look at the book and I was like, you know, fuck it. This is, this is amazing. This work. I mean, she doesn't need my kind of help, but no, I'm, I'm still going to, I'm still going to tell everyone that's listening about it in the hope that at least one person will go out and buy this book. Cause it's really, really good. I'll definitely be checking it out. I got one, I got one last question for you, Jason. Yeah. What's one tiny thing that brings you great joy? Dan, give him an, Dan, give him an example, Dan, of what you go for. Um, my, my tiny thing that brings me joy is staying in bed like longer, not necessarily like sleeping in, but just waking up and not getting out of bed. That brings me a lot of joy. Mine is clean sheets. Clean sheets. Yeah, just clean. I don't change my sheets every, till every, you know, once every six months. So this thing. <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> that's what I like in Wales. <laughs> the Welsh are gross. We're a bit, we're a bit Neanderthal. <laughs> I bet Jason hasn't understood a word you've said, like the whole. Episode. <laughs> no, no, I've, I, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't understand a word he says sometimes. <laughs> I don't understand a word I say either. <laughs> have you got one? Oh man, that's that's. Come on, Chase, you got to have one, uh, one time, uh, just a little thing. Let me buy Maybe you some time. Let me buy you some time. We, right, Tanya keeps telling little... me right that you're yeah. saying about clean sheets. Tanya keeps telling yeah. me that. Whenever we, whenever we like change our sheets, she likes to shave her legs and she's like, freshly shaven legs and clean sheets is like the most amazing thing in the world. You should shave your legs. (laughs) I can't shave my legs. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't shave, I don't shave anything, mate. I'm just very hairy. (laughs) Oh, we broke. We've thrown Jason now. We've really, we've really thrown him. <laughs> it's like these fucking, these British guys, they're just... <laughs> these limeys, man, all these fucking limeys. They just don't stop <laughs> swearing and they're, they're talking about shaving themselves. <laughs> um, so I, I've said this before, actually. I've said this to her before. But one, some tiny, I kind of make these comments about my wife having a, a small voice. So her little laugh is a tiny thing that makes me happy. That's the nice one, Jace. That's, That's the, really nice. She one. is she is going to love you for the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope she listens to this, and I hope she hears what a lovely man you are. That has been I, so much fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, Jason. Thank you so much. Hey, yeah, hey, it was a good time. I, I, I man, I, I appreciate you too so much, and um, it was, you know, it was it was a pleasure and, a, and an honor to, to, you know, spend this spend this time with both of you. Yeah, man, definitely stay in touch and hopefully, hopefully you'll honor us with a part two at some point when you, when you finally get around to releasing this book. I'm making a space in my bookshelf for you right yeah. now. You need to. Yeah, there's a little, there's a, well, li- there's a little, there's a little big space for little Jason. Okay. Hey, well, let me just do the sign off before we completely descended to madness thank you all so much um i'm going to leave links to jason's work in the show notes um go check out jason he's got two instagram accounts what's what's the best one to catch you on is it the hildy hustle one or is it the... Hell, House, yeah that one's i'm i'm much more active especially recently on that one right okay um yeah just have i been saying it wrong all this time see i told you how like yeah it's yeah people ask me about it all the time they think it's my name but no the highlights i think we might have sort of kind of touched on it earlier the silver highlights and black and white film so that's where the highlight part comes from the oh. people call you highlight they really be yeah so they, they, yeah, they, they refer to that as my like that's, they think that's my name but i'm like uh if you look at the top of the screen there that's my name but <laughs> <laughs> i think i can your digital one first so uh-huh and then, like, there's a link, obviously, across. Okay, yeah. so go go check out Jason on Instagram on on how, is it Howlay? Yes, Howlay. Ha- yeah. Howlay Hustle. Why did I think there was a D in it? 
There is a D. Yeah, highlight. There is a D. Yeah, highlight. Highlight. Highlight hustle. Right. Okay. I think I think it's this New York accent coming through too strongly. I think it's my my inability to read English. Your translation services. Yeah, go go check him out on Instagram. I'm going to leave links to everything in the show notes. Hopefully I'll link up some of the other photographers and the books and stuff that we've spoken about and our shout outs. Um, yeah, and we'll catch you here again in two weeks time for our chat with Sean Tucker. Catch you later, guys. Um, I'll just, just leave you with a final thought. Um, in Wales, we have our own language. It's called Welsh. What do you think um, microwave is in Welsh? I know Microwave? I microwave. I, I couldn't even guess. I'll tell you, it's, it's poppity ping. Because <laughs> that's literally the noise it makes. That's not a joke, because Jason. That's the, literally I, what I, it is. What did he say? Learn something new every day? I just did. Yeah, a poppity <laughs> ping. Poppity ping. Love you, Jason. <laughs> hey, man, thank you. You guys are the best. Take care, man. All right, bro. Take care. All right, you too.